0: I, I love the idea that you're, you're getting into Howard, the duck. It's, it's such a, a weird, it, it has become cult status. Yeah. 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 If we didn't do it. No one else was going to do it. We're really the only people equipped this yeah. back up. Yeah. <laughs> I have, I noticed in the questions you sent me, you know, I was, I was in Leonard part six. So if I had been an Ishtar, I would have had a trifecta of the three worst movies of, of that era. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I was that close to nailing yes. it Reed Kirk Rawman appeared in three
1: films and we are thankful that one of them was Howard the Duck because it brings us together today thank you for taking the Tabitha us today Reed glad to be here thank you for having me All right. Uh, before we get into Howard the Duck can you tell us a little bit about yourself because there's I do a lot of research on our guests, and there is strikingly little bit about you that Google actually knows, which is actually oh, admirable okay. in Excuse this ah. in this day and age. Like you, to, to 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 you you've you've went above Google's radar, so right. we applaud you on that. Um, but <laughs> we haven't had the opportunity to feel this curious about something since like 1995. So this, oh, is, okay. this is truly a moment for us. All right. um, so just we'll give the preface of what we do know um is that uh your first role of course is howard the duck it was followed by leonard part six and then an episode of nash bridges which came 11 years later right uh, and i caught a few videos of you performing stunts um i saw one in particular where you were hammering a nail into your yes your nose yes so if you could fill in the blanks for us from there, what led into acting, and then what led into um, hammering objects into your face?
0: Well, the the hammering the objects came uh, first. Uh, I I trained as a, I, um, I was at years ago. I went to Ringling Brothers Clown College, and I was admitted there. And when I was there, uh, one of my instructors was this Englishman who taught me how to eat fire. And hammer a nail in my head, because um, he thought those would be good skills if the clowning didn't work out. Which in fact it did. I mean, I did travel for a year on a circus, and then I came back to San Francisco, and I um, I started performing. And one of the things I would do the nail thing it's called the human blockhead, and it's a uh, it's something you will see often at carnivals uh, or sideshows. Um, and I would eat fire as well. Um, I was actually on the gong show, eating fire. Oh, I was nice. on the last week of the gong show. Um, so I I started doing, I did that. And I just, I enjoyed the, the kind of freakish nature of these sort of skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would do them on the side. And then I started, I was involved in the San Francisco comedy scene. And I had comedy on, ense- I was with a comedy ensemble, a couple of them. Uh, all of my friends moved to L.A. I stayed here. Um, and but I started from being in the comedy ensemble, um, I would do movies and commercials. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and that's where we got Howard the Duck. And then later on, uh, I started performing as this character, Sebastian Boswell, the third, who um, if you look him up online, he's. Uh, this kind of odd imperious character who uh th- the character was I wanted him to be based on because it started in a show where I was cast to be performing about the same time Houdini was popular and mm-hmm. the nugget of the character was he's actually doing things He he's hammering nails in his nose and he is not as famous as Houdini who is fooling people by doing tricks mm-hmm. so there's this kind of bitter core to Sebastian. So he's always trying to prove himself. And then I've been doing that, um, but haven't been doing it much. And eight years ago, I started a private tour company called Small Car Big Time Tours, where I give tours in the San Francisco and the Bay Area in a convertible Mini Cooper. I am the only convertible Mini Cooper registered as a commercial vehicle in the country. That's like, awesome. Yeah, so so I t- I, would, I just did a tour today, which was why I asked the the tour to be the podcast to be moved back because I got a call this morning. Hey, can you take me on a tour? And you were and I could have made it, but I would have had like rush in and sit down. And so thank you for giving me a little extra time to get myself together. But that's no problem. Just a little while ago, so yeah, that that's
1: and the only the only convertible mini that. Uh, can you please commercial send me a
0: commercial paper? registered as a commercial vehicle? Technically, I am a limousine because, <laughs> because a limousine is a car for hire. And oh, okay. So that's different than a touring vehicle because a touring vehicle does set routes. I don't. My tours are completely personal and customized. I can do anything you want. Uh, you come to San Francisco, I can show you like all the Howard the Duck locations. Uh, nice. you know, I could do what I can do whatever the guests want. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so therefore, I am what is considered a, a car for hire, which is technically a limousine. So I am technically a limousine, or the car is
1: be a funny guy hey man come on everybody get ready i got i got us a limousine right (laughs) Right. my definition he does a literal uh, in a sense a clown car with a with a certified clown with with (laughs) a certified clown
0: in it exactly yeah Yeah. is there is there a name for the company small car big time tours
1: Oh, nice. And please send me a picture of that. So I, I can will include that as an overlay. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. I'd be happy to. And I just want to say that watching your watching the videos of your what I've seen of your performance of doing your um the do you, do you prefer magic or illusion? Like what what is the preferred term? It's
0: it's a style of 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 it's a form of magic called mentalism. Where it gives the impression of reading minds, of of being a mind reader, being able to do predictions, being able Mm -hmm. to do those other things. The thing about Sebastian's character is he claims he can actually read minds and, you know, and the thing is, is that you know, most mentalists, when you go out today, when you see them, they'll say, you know, I don't really read minds, What I, you know, it's kind of like heavy psychology. I rely on body language and your mm-hmm. voice inflections and that sort of thing.
1: 21 with Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Right,
0: exactly, yeah, exactly. So. So Sebastian claims he can actually read minds, the character does, but when you see him, it's pretty apparent he's really over the, and first of, and he's over the top. And, you know, and, and as he says, you know, he says, you know, I claim to read minds. I claim to be able to do all of these things. All of these things are within my power. They are everything you could do if you had just spent your lifetime in the pursuit of human perfection, as Sebastian mm. has, you could do it. So if, if that was your whole focus, you could be as amazing as Sebastian is. And as he says at the end of the show, to make these claims, I have to be telling the truth, lying, or insane. And I'm not lying. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> I love the name too. Like, where did the name Sebastian come from? I wanted
0: something pretentious. The the Sebastian uh, is and, and it's not to say people who are named Sebastian are are pretentious, but Sebastian just sounded like this elevated name. Um Boswell, I got from uh uh an, an English name, uh Boswell, who was a, a writer. And I thought Sebastian Boswell, I thought that's pretty good, but he has to be the third. He has to be like it has to be more, you know. Yeah. You know i thought like sir sebastian no it's sebastian boswell the third which gives me an opportunity when everybody talks about well what about your father and he has a very he doesn't talk about his father there was obviously a very contentious relationship with his father which he does not discuss
1: <laughs> the only thing maybe, he was missing was esquire or I was gonna say, maybe, esquire would have been
0: good too yeah maybe one day he could be
1: knighted and become lord sebastian yes boswell. yes yeah. yes
0: and um. I mean, I don't know how much we're talking. One of the things I love about him is in the show, he talks about personally knowing Houdini, personally knowing the uh, the Dadaists of the 20s, and then about having a brief stint with his own television show, and then being completely familiar with technology of the present day. So he's either clearly mad or he is timeless
1: yeah he also taught jesus the trick of walk walking on water That yeah, water water.
0: which was much harder you know because you know he had the holes in his feet and so you know <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah whoa <laughs> yeah. i love it no um and you do a fantastic <laughs> job at at like crowd control and and going back and forth with the crowd i love the Um, uh, It was almost like a catchphrase that I picked up on just watching one performance with, like you'd point people out and be like, oh, I love that expression. Like you're doing what you're doing up on the stage to yes. get whatever expression you're seeing down there. And the fact that you actually pointed it out, say, yes. and I'm sure it's somebody with a very uncomfortable face that that's that you're pointing out. Um, Sometimes they're delighted,
0: you know, you know? It's, it, it, it sort <laughs> oh, of depends. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess uh, that would be as exciting. You know? Like, so, oh, you are, the fact that you are excited about the fact I'm putting an nail in my face we'll talk yes. afterwards yeah yes. um so to get into howard the duck you yes. played uh bender, bender and this is one of the, one of the first humans that howard encounters in yeah. fact he's is thrust upon you by the uh the goons in the alley as, the, uh, yes my, um come back here with my date or that yes count, yeah. that's wait my that's, my yeah. Yeah, that's my
0: <laughs> date um,
1: yeah um so what what Yeah, we've heard that uh actually we've heard you actually mentioned that this was a very that it was a strange experience it was strange about it
0: okay so in my particular case as you see in the movie I go from an exterior shot to an interior shot and the exterior was shot I believe in November and it was shot in the South of Market neighborhood of San Francisco, which at the time was just warehouses and rundown buildings and light industry. Now South of Market in San Francisco is like jumping. But at the time it was just this, this alley. So the idea was they were shooting the exterior there in November and then they would shoot the exterior of me getting thrust upon by the goons, have Howard being shoved into me and I would go through the door and then the interior was going to be shot later possibly even a couple months later which was which was fine so we we do that shot in November and you know it all goes well and then they say okay great and we'll give you a call when for the interior shot which is going to be whenever and the interior was shot at the uh Mabuhay Gardens which is a very famous punk club in San Francisco. Uh, The Mubuhe Gardens was where all the major punk acts played whether they were coming in from out of town or the San Francisco punk acts like the Dead Kennedys and the Avengers and uh, humans. And then of course, all the other punk acts would come through there. So that's where they were shooting it. So by the time the interior shot comes around, the production is kind of as, as near as I can tell, like not really in control much anyway. It's, it's not, it's not going smoothly. And my agent would call me up and say, okay, they want you this day. And I'd go, great. And I block it out. And then he'd give me a call a couple, you know, in the next day, no, they want to cut you Then no, they're not going to do it. They're going to do it this other day. And I'd say, okay. And then they would say, okay, well, they're not doing it that day. They're doing it this day. And I go, okay. Now, He did the one thing, this was brilliant as an agent, because as an actor, if you're booked, the idea is you block out that day and you do not accept any other work that day. Mm -hmm. So you're supposed to be paid for that day in a sliding scale. Like if if it's several months out and you get dropped, I think you get, but like, this was like, they want you two days from now. Oh, they're canceling you theoretically i'm supposed to be paid so what my agent did is he said you can't keep doing this to my client you have to book him for two weeks and they went okay and so for two weeks i was i was hired and all i had to do was phone up and go am i coming in today and they'd go no great i get paid you know I, i phone up the next day am i coming in today no we were we were gonna have you but now we can't you don't have to show up okay great Boom. Then they finally say, yeah, come in. So cool. So I come in. And I remember this vividly. I go into the Mubuhay. And as I walk in, Gloria Katz is coming out. She's walking out. And she has this expression on her face, like her life is a wool sweater being slowly unraveled by some nail behind her. She's just like walking through and she kind of gives me this glance and hustles by. I'm like, all right. So I go in and I look over and to my left, well, in front of me, probably about 20 feet, there is George Lucas and I'm guessing the cinematographer or a lighting director, somebody. Because Mm -hmm. George was only, like he you know and you guys would know this better than i do you know this was he was executive producing he wasn't really supposed to be hands-on with this this was willard this was willard and gloria's deal and so he's on set and he's he's talking to to some light like i said i don't know who, who it was but they're standing there and george like you know he's you know, and then the this other guy's like, "Okay, well, you know, they're obviously talking about setting up the shot and then what to do next, and whatever over to my left, their right, Willard is standing, and he's probably ten feet away, and he's just he's just standing looking, and as George and this guy you know they're they're talking, you know what about this? Willard says something. He's where he's standing, he like says something. And George turns and just gives him this look of death like I have never seen before. Just stares at him. Willard stands there and then George turns back to this guy and they start talking and then things continue. (laughs) it was it was very obviously exactly. there, was, <laughs> there was a lot of there was clearly tension, tension. on the set wow. at this point wow. yeah but i re, i remember that distinctly was like this it was kind of you know the look of like i should not be here what's wow. going on
1: I've it must have been there. a whirlwind for you to have the uh to have that where you, you you see the beginning of the production, you go away and you come back and then like, what happened while I was gone?
0: <laughs> exactly. What the heck happened over the course of a couple of months? Like how yeah. did things get, as we, you know and and you guys did a bunch of research you know there's lots of you know there's you know lots of problems with various things so anyway you know but then my my so now i'm doing the second part where i am being thrust into the club and and so the idea is that they've thrust howard into my hands and i run into the club and then somebody steals me from how somebody steals howard from me and then more wackiness ensues. He he goes all kinds of other places. He gets handed off a lot. Um, I wore my own clothes. I wore my own. They I I wore my own clothes, and they were like, "Oh, this is this is great." So what you see me wearing <laughs> is my so that, stuff. That was
1: your suit. That was I my was suit.
0: in a. I was in a compliment the suit. That was a.
1: Was That was a brave choice. I mean, yeah. eight, So I guess it was the only. It was choice, an, it. Was yeah. A,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. That was yeah. That was my suit. Um, but what you didn't see was I had these big, weird, they weren't platform shoes, but they were shoes with heels about this big. And the (laughs) front of them had these very weird sort of bulbous triangle patches on them. They were really cool shoes, especially for that time. And, but the thing is, is that you never really saw them, But but the costume person really loved them. so my shot, I'm getting Howard. I am being thrust backwards and while holding Howard and then he gets handed off. Well, there's all these cables lying around. There's all like, and so we do a rehearsal and, I, and I'm and i stumbling over my, my heels. <laughs> and I say to the, the costume person, I said, you know, is there any way we can do this without the shoes? Because there's all these cables around. And I'm a little concerned and, you know, and she goes, no, no, you got, you got to keep the shoes for continuity. And I said, well, nobody sees the shoes. He was just keep them. I was like, okay. <laughs> so anyway, so we do this, this take and they thrust. Now, as you know, Howard is a human in a duck suit, Right. I was so, going to
1: ask if you get wall yeah. shoes, if you got a doll thrown at you or an actual no, 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 it's person. it
0: it was a it was a a little person in a duck suit, and so we do a couple of takes, and you know, and we're like, you know, and you know, I'm like, are you okay? Because you know, I have to grab him, and then he gets handed off. So you know, we want to make sure he's okay, right? Because because yeah. he's Howard, for one thing, he's yeah, freaking Howard the Duck. So you know we do a couple takes and everything's we a couple rehearsals and you know I'm like how are you and he's like oh everything's good and I'm like okay. So we do a take and they thrust Howard into my hands and I'm being pushed backwards and I trip over one of the cables. And my first thought is save the duck. <laughs> and I fall back, I'm falling backwards. And I'm hoping I'm gonna land on my butt, but I'm also like, I've got to cushion Howard. And as I'm falling backwards, I look through the mouth of of the costume and I see these huge, terrified (laughs) eyes staring at me. As I'm falling backwards and it's like, and so I managed to fall really well, I cushion him. I, he, he doesn't hit anything. I like like my I, he's he's okay. And when I hit the ground, these crew members come running over, and they grab Howard, and they go, "Are you okay? You okay? You okay?" And they just leave me lying there, and I'm like, I, "I'm I'm okay," you know. And I I get up and. And then we we finally did it, and and it and it and it becomes a makeup artist.
1: I think you should take yeah. those shoes off. Yeah. <laughs> the makeup <laughs> artist. I think you should take those shoes.
0: So anyway, so that was that was my experience, and and you know it was big. It was really, it was really actually a big fun. It was really big fun and quite strange. So yeah.
1: Oh, right. so let me ask you this then, adversely, what was it like when you actually saw it for the first time? What was your honest opinion when you saw it?
0: Um there were parts i liked but it did not capture the spirit of the comic book because the comic book you know as you as you know howard is very acerbic and and he's just dealing with stuff as the theme goes he's trapped in a world he never made so he's just dealing Mm -hmm. he's a little fluffier he's a little friendlier he also you know he looked you know, the roundness was a little too cute. There was something about the comic book version where his head's kind of a little more oblong. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I was I was kind of disappointed by by the movie. I thought it was fun. I thought it was weird, uh, um, but I didn't think it completely captured the the spirit of of the book, uh, the comic book, the source material. So. Yeah, I think good.
1: I think we went into it with the benefit of not comparing it to not not having to compare it to the comic because the movie was our first impression of how. Right. Duff. Like, and then I, I, I it was drawing for me to see the uh, the illustrations of him in the comic. I'm like, that right. right. You mentioned a little bit like the interaction with uh, uh, Willard Hayek. Um, what was it like working with him? just in general i
0: i re I, what i remember is he was it was very simple i mean my scene is very simple you know i get the duck and i walk back so uh i mean we didn't have a lot of interaction there wasn't a lot of you know like uh you know what i had to do um so that was fine I mean, it was it was perfectly fine. Like once he got you know hands on, you know he seemed to be okay, he seemed to be fine. fine. Yeah. So. What? Well, yeah. The, so uh, once.
1: Yeah. The um the residual checks we always I <laughs> mean I'm, in a, I'm <laughs> in a group on uh, I like that laugh I kind of told you so uh, I'm in a group on Facebook for cruise called Cruise Stories and I think it's funny a lot of the times people on there post pictures of their residual checks for like point zero zero one. Yeah. It costs more to print this thing than it. did Yes. To pay. Um, I was we're just real, we talked to a lot of actors that did like what whoever what gets called uh, who wears Waldo parts in movies. and so it's it's always a it's just like a curiosity of ours what those residual checks look like and you you don't have to be specific, but
0: well, just curious. Th- yeah, well, they get um, less and less, obviously. Um, I think I have actually saved some residual checks. That have been for like fifteen cents or uh, like nine cents I was also i did I did um voice ADR work for the movie Willow
1: mm, um, nice.
0: yeah, so that was additional dialogue stuff. I happen to get a check here. I just got it a couple of days ago uh, Disney Worldwide services uh three dollars eighty two cents
1: uh it's it's i so, uh, come on disney you can't round up to four <laughs> no
0: no and it it's very it is very specific about uh is for the international rental electronic sell-through video dvd free tv and pay tv uh actually i get the most money from the international or, or the internet rental it's not international internet rental so anyway so, so yeah are they lifetime?
1: Like, if 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 there's like a resurgence in Howard the Duck sales, is ten years from now? Is that it's like, does that ever expire? As far as
0: I don't think uh, so. I I I I don't know much about it, but I think as long from what I understand, as long as a movie or television show is out there and part of a package, you know, then then the people involved get their residual checks you
1: know that's really cool it makes you think like when you see um actors that have like 150 credits oh going yeah back to like 19 like that, that they got to add up you get a little retirement oh, sure. out of that oh sure
0: yeah you're getting 100 residual checks every few months yeah that's that's sweet yeah
1: yeah um uh, you went into quite a bit in the production, but is there a particular memory that stands out to you as a favorite memory from the production?
0: Well, I, I think my favorite part was, was falling backwards with the human in the Howard costume. And i only like that because it was so weird. Nobody got hurt. He didn't get hurt. I didn't get hurt. And it was just so strange like as i'm falling backwards i remember thinking as i said save the duck and (laughs) i hope i don't get hurt and that and it it all worked out well so that was that was part of it because it was just such a a weird thing to do you know was be involved in this thing with this guy in a duck suit
1: it was funny uh we were uh, when you said you could see his eyes through the mouth like it was just serendipitous that we could actually picture that in our heads we were talking to um uh miles chapin uh, who who was credited as the duck coach and oh okay he he had showed us a picture of the um the open mouth on howard and you you could see like the human mouth on the inside and it just was creepy so i I know I could totally picture what you're saying, like when you as you're going down to be able to see inside the mouth and and see these wild eyes. Like, please don't drop me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was obvious, I mean, because he is like seeing himself coming towards the floor. Mm. So he's obviously nervous. I mean, I could have just chucked him, you know. I mean, you know, there's any number of things that could have happened to the poor guy. So anyway, worked out well. So
1: um, and you are, so be, being a fan of the, um, of the comics before the film, um, or would you be interested in seeing them give it another shot with like the resurgence in MCU properties and things like that? And maybe having a place in the MCU?
0: Yeah, I would. And, but I, you know, now that, you know, CGI has advanced so much, obviously c- do CGI, um, You know, make make him look more like the comic book character Mm. Uh, and, you know, really, you know, get some writers in there who really study the and it's been a while since I've read the Howard the Duck books, but, you know, get somebody there who really understands what the writer was going for that he's you know, this, he's observant, he's confused, He, you know, he's he's completely out of his element, he wants to get back home, he, but, you know, somehow he's he's thrust to all these adventures. I mean, I remember one of them was uh, Hell Cow, the vampire cow that he had to deal with. So, yeah. focus more on, you know, really, you know, getting his character and what he's going through. Um, and give him give him an edge because he was he was an edgy character, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I would love to. And and as I said, now that CGI has advanced, like he could you know do you know he could be so much part of everything. And I think the other Marvel characters would have a great time with him.
1: Yeah, I could definitely see it, and I, I think it, it, I think he deserves it. The comic book deserves it, but yeah. and and studios now are so much. I don't know if they are if they. Uh, are more courageous in doing this, or if they just have the the ability to make those kind of risks now with like streaming platforms and things like that. But they, I've noticed that they're a lot more um, they've they're gotten a lot better at honoring the source material when they like turn a comic book into a film. They're they're not afraid to like. Seem like before the suits would get in the way and be like, we need to sell toys. Right. And and now it's like, no, we're going to the fans of this character. This is what they love. This is what we're giving them when we translate it to film like Dark Knight and things like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I
0: I think you hit on the key, which is streaming. So, you know, you could they can almost do a test run of it with streaming. They could, Mm -hmm. you know, put the money into streaming. If it hits, they make it a series, they make a bigger movie out of it um you know, I think that has I think that's where you said that' where, where they're allowing more creative control to to writers and directors because you know the an audience will be found and it does not have to be a vast audience and if you're yeah. lucky, then you get then you get a big hit and then yeah. you get you know. Cause as, as William Goldman will tell you, you know, in his book, the screenwriter, he said, nobody in Hollywood knows anything, you know? Mm-hmm. And of course the, the, the stories of, of, you know, movies that people said, the executive says this, this isn't going to work. This is, be- I mean, Star Wars is, you know, that's a classic. I mean, it got mm-hmm. turned down by what, 19 studios before, yeah. you know, somebody went, sure why not well especially since lucas is not going to take his director's fee what the hell we'll we'll throw it out there you know Mm -hmm. so you know i think now it really is you know they they are allowing you know yeah let's bring in this this person and have them do it and see what happens and if it doesn't work well okay we haven't lost the, the whole barn on it
1: so yeah and Marvel's just going nuts now like every intellectual property they have it's like we're you're getting a show you're getting a movie you're getting i mean it's it's incredible to
0: see it really is yeah yeah it's yeah it's amazing so and i i think they're i don't know if this this is true so much you know they're starting to give the character you know they're starting to give the, the 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 superheroes actual characters that you actually care about, as opposed mm-hmm. to they're just, they have superpowers. Like, you know, I mean, I think the Dark Knight is one of the great movies, genre, not even specific. I mean, yeah. there is so much going on there every time. It's one of those movies that when it's on TV, even though I have the DVD, Like if it comes on TV, I'm like, oh, I'll watch this part, you know, and,
1: you
0: know, and, and so, you know, I think that's going to, you know, um, I haven't seen the new, you know, and the people are putting humor into it, like the new Suicide Squad, which I haven't seen yet, which I'm actually looking forward to. Um, Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, but I think, like you said, the the streaming, I think is a part of it because they just need to have content and to have that much content, they're just going to let people be a bit more creative.
1: I feel like the kids that grew up loving this stuff are now the suits that are making the decisions, and it's it's fine that's finally shifted. It's like, no, we're doing all of it. Deadpool's getting his movie, yeah, and um, yeah, and then you're right about The Dark Knight. I mean, uh, it's a genre uh, like not even just a great superhero movie, but um, a fantastic movie in general. And, and oh, yeah, the Academy agreed,
0: they, yes, they did, yeah. Yeah,
1: Uh, Heath Ledger's performance is um,
0: just—it stuns me every time I see it. Absolutely stuns me. Every I rewatch various, various moment, various scenes over and over again, and just his physicalization, his vocalization, Mm -hmm. little looks that he gives, and then of course his voice. You know, his whole the whole voice modulation. Um, Yeah i went into it
1: very skeptical too because you know I, first of all there's jack nicholson as like who could possibly stand in that shadow and shine right. and then you're gonna put heath ledger like 10 things i hate about you right like the the rom-com dude like right House. right and he blew me away and now yeah. I, between him and joaquin phoenix i can't decide who my favorite joker is but i know that Jack Nicholson is now my third and that's crazy because they're all great.
0: Well, yes. Yeah, exa- Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. But yeah, my favorite hands down has got to be, I mean, you know, I can, you know, I could talk about you. There are just so many, you know, odd looks and, you know, and just, you know, you can, you can, and and humor in it, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's, a, I don't, you, 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 there's that hilarious moment where he's blowing up the hospital and he's walking outside in the nurse's uniform and the, and the, and the thing won't work. And he kind yeah. of throws up his hands and then it explodes. And then he does this weird little walk. I mean, it's funny. It's really funny. Yeah, uh, you, so, you can
1: tell that he spent so much preparation on that character that he was that he felt confident enough to make decisions like that in the moment
0: Yeah. That
1: most people probably wouldn't have they may have played it more straight but it was like it was like second nature to him it seemed like like he was living in the moment as that character
0: i think i read somewhere and you probably know more about this and he actually had a really thick book of character notes like he was super immersed in the character and the backstory and and what it should what what it should look like and 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 why does he talk the way he talks and why does he Mm -hmm. move the way he moves and you know the whole thing
1: yeah i think the story goes that he spent like a month or so i can't remember the exact time but he put the book together while locked in a solitude in a hotel room yeah the clockwork orange on repeat with the Ramones blaring <laughs> at the same time like oh my God. yeah uh, it's um yeah it's not I mean he and and I think a lot of times that people attribute that role to his death and um from what I've heard that's just kind of like a myth that, that oh, yeah uh, as much as we'd like to romanticize how much he put I mean there's he could have still put everything into a performance and it not killed him so we're right
0: no i there was i think there was something something else going there it wasn't just the role so
1: yeah yeah uh, i would yeah, i think he's professional enough to be able to draw that line and he went sure. on to do the imaginarium of dr parnassus afterwards well yeah. we at least got halfway through that which is another great performance but we have yeah. we have went Here's a topic, and we were way off. It. We did, we did. Oh well, you can cut <laughs> that part a, out. I don't know. No, 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 <laughs> I was, no, I never cut anything out about Heath oh, Ledger.
0: Okay, uh, there you go. Good.
1: We'll get we'll get back into uh, okay what, the the magic. The um uh I'm sorry. What what did you refer to it as again? Mentalism. 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 I, it's like the uh the guy on Netflix. I I've watched a lot of his specials. He's uh I think he's British. He's got a shaved head. I cannot remember his Darren name. Darren Brown. Darren Brown. Darren yes. Brown, yes. What introduced me to him was a show called, uh, he did a special called The Push, where he tried to convince somebody to kill somebody, essentially. And yeah. Um, how, do you, how do you feel about his work? Well,
0: he, I think he's very good at what he does. Um, I am skeptical of some of his claims, especially when it comes to essentially hypnotism or controlling other people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a while since I've seen him. Uh, he Some of the things he does is really truly mind blowing. Um, then he makes some very big claims that I think are meant to be for good television rather than actual fact. But he does well yeah the 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 mentalist i am most impressed by is a man um derek Delgado who did um uh he has a special on on hulu um the name of which i can always forget the name uh if you look at it, i'll look it up here uh but his show i saw his show live um I don't know why I always forget the, his, the name of his show because it's so good. Let's see. Uh, is that it has, in, it, in and of itself? In and of it itself. Yeah, Derek okay. Delgadio. Uh, yeah, in and of itself. Yeah, I don't know why I keep it. And seeing it on Hulu is a great experience. And he combines a lot of uh, a lot of it is storytelling and then and and it's a very emotional piece but he does stuff in that that just blows my mind and the if you haven't seen it the the final effect um is is stunning is absolutely stunning and, yes. and what he does with the audience at the end is just uh is is amazing uh oh. I'll definitely check it out. You should. Yeah, my wife and I
1: are huge fans of uh, anything that's that is magic, mentalism, all that. Oh,
0: then, then yeah, yeah. In and of itself, check it out. It 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 it's a it's a it's a great performance. Uh, It was It was produced by or co-produced by Stephen Colbert. Uh, The original production was directed by Frank Oz. Uh, yeah so uh Yoda himself Exactly exactly so it's a uh, it really is um uh I mean it's a very much a theatrical performance using the the getting into the performance of using mentalism mm-hmm. and mind reading and other skills like that so it's it's it, it's terrific yeah it's very good
1: for uh, magicians, mentalists, illusionists out there that are, are are aspiring to to do this, what would what is the best advice that you would give
0: them? Um, to realize that you that you are the entertainment, not the magic. Um, the problem with a lot of magicians is that they think the entertainment is the trick. So they think like, oh, pick a card. Hey, look at that. Isn't that entertaining? Hey, you're thinking of this number. Okay. That's not the entertainment. The entertainment is you as as a performer. And the mentalism or the magic is a way to present you being entertaining. And you have to be entertaining beyond that. You have to be entertaining beyond any trick or effect that you're doing. And to do that takes, first of all, lots of practice. And second of all, searching for who you are, either as a character or yourself. Um, For many years, I performed, you know, I just performed sort of as myself, you know, a little bit bigger, you know, but like a stand up comic would do or something like that. And it wasn't until I decided to perform as this character that I really started to enjoy it because I could kind of hide behind the character mm-hmm. um, um, and so you know, and I think and i and I work to make that character entertaining like i i there are times when the character of Sebastian can just go out and just yap at the audience for ten minutes and is pretty entertaining, at least he has been so far um so that's the main thing is realize you are the entertainment, not your tricks your tricks are the enter to the entertainment and you know a lot of magicians don't get beyond that um I think a lot of you know most of the magicians are 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 are, are you know are men it's just a fact i mean there are more thankfully women magicians coming on and I think young boys get interested in magic because it's a way to be in control. You, mm-hmm. you are doing something that is fooling other people, and ultimately that feels powerful, and you're in control. So, you know, if you're an insecure boy, which most magicians are, or if you're just insecure in general, um, this gives you power, and it, and it gives you control. And, and the, the, the thing is, is a lot of magicians don't ever go beyond the, 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 the persona of, I am fooling you, and that's the whole thing, is I am Mm -hmm. doing something you can't figure out, and therefore that's the entertainment. And that's not the entertainment, that's, that, that gets old very fast um so but you know i think that's a phase that you go through as a as a young performer and then you realize no it is me who's the the entertainment and i just do these things as a way to be entertaining yeah yeah so was
1: was there a particular magician that inspired you to to look at magic as as a possibility that you would pursue
0: yes um uh I went to see Penn & Teller years ago many years ago and I was a fire eater at the time and I was a I was a good fire eater but I was a mediocre entertainer I really was I thought okay I'm eating fire that's the entertainment and I mm-hmm. had various things that I would do and a couple of jokes here and there. But I really, I really thought like, okay, I'm eating fire. That's the deal. I went to see Penn and Teller perform. And, th- and at one point in the show, Penn comes out and he sits on a chair and he talks about learning to eat fire. And he talks about learning to eat from this old carny. And he spins this whole story about how the thing is when you eat fire, even as careful as you are, you know you swallow a little bit of the of the fluid, and so you're you're essentially ingesting poison and he spins this whole story, and it took like five minutes at least, and then at the end, he lights a torch and he eats it, and then he does another very simple thing. And that was it. And he got thunderous applause. And I remember thinking, he didn't do anything. He ate a torch. I, 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 do, I do that, I do more than that. I, you know, you know I light it off. And I always realized, oh, th- that's it. It's the, it's the story, it's the entertainment, it's the behind it. And the fire eating is just a way into it. And that was the moment I realized, got it. It's not, as I like to say, the thing is not the thing. Mm -hmm. The thing is, the fire eating is not the thing. The trick is not the thing. The thing is not the thing. You're the thing. You're the thing and you're just doing this other stuff. So that was the moment. I remember, great question. I hadn't thought about that in years, but but that was it. I remember it clearly like, you know the light bulb going off over my head like oh wow right okay
1: and (laughs) when you see them
0: right and when you see them perform the two of them are just entertaining as all get out Mm -hmm. they're funny as all you know and then they do this other stuff which allows them to be funny um so I yep. love
1: the routine that they do. I can't remember the song, but it, there's a song that they recorded to go with it and they pretty much go through the whole magic routine. And then at, and then within the song, uh, they show you how they were doing it. They start pulling off all of the wall, all of the walls that were hiding the, uh, right. The, uh, um, right. It's,
0: it's, platform. It, yeah, that's the blast off. Uh, it's blast off. Right. It's, it's the, um, uh, yeah, it's the it's I don't remember what they call the it's a stacking illusion where you're giving the impression that you're taking apart somebody's body. Mm-hmm. And I love them for doing that because it just shows like like how difficult it is, and it's still entertaining. Have you seen them do their clear cups and balls?
1: Um off the top of my head, I can't tell you that I did
0: okay. this is you can if you look up pen and teller clue cups and balls, you'll find it. so what they do is a cups and balls routine. And you know the cups and balls is considered one of the oldest uh, tricks in magic, and it's literally cups and balls. You know, you've probably seen it. You know, uh, you know, you know. You lift up a cup, there's a ball. You put it down. It's then now there's two, and then you know, and it, you know, and it's and it's just like things appearing and disappearing under cups. Mm-hmm. So they do a routine with, you know, with 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 cups with cups you cannot see through, and it's brilliant. It's very quick. It's probably about a minute. It's very fast. And then they do it with clear cups and telling you pen telling you exactly what he's doing, what's happening through the whole thing. And it's just rapid fire. Okay, now we're doing this. We're pulling this out, and I'm pulling this out and now it's the, and and it's still it's still wildly entertaining and you still can't believe what you're seeing even though you're seeing everything right in front of you and they're telling you how the whole thing works
1: yeah it's a whole other level of talent when you can blow the illusion and still find people like perplexed by the magic of it
0: absolutely absolutely and it, and it it takes it to this other level where people realize the skill that goes in and just how funny it is that they're, they're actually revealing how they're doing it. And yet it's mystifying and funny. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I know you said that, um, that you're, you're primarily focused on the tours right now.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah. Is there any shows coming out or, or anything that you're working on or just anything in general that you'd like the audience to know about?
0: uh not at this point i don't have any i don't have any i don't have any performances coming up um things have been shut down for the covid so i haven't been doing any zoom performing uh my live performing has been cut back uh if i would want the audience to know about anything it's uh you come to san francisco and take a tour with small car big time tours uh that's what i that would be outstanding i talk all about san francisco history and california history and you know all of that it is not one of those tours where i just point at things and tell you what they are there's a lot of talk about the history of of san francisco the culture architecture and i can customize it to whatever people want to see uh so i would say i would say that
1: what is the, um, what's the, is there like a particular tour request, a custom tour request that was like the, uh, the most interesting to you or the, like the strangest request?
0: Well, it wasn't strange. It was, uh, it was really fun. Uh, I got a request from a priest and his two other family members and he uh is a priest in Lake Charles, Louisiana, and he wanted to go to several different churches to look at the churches and pray and So we went to all these different cathedrals all around san francisco and th- the oldest one being Mission Dolores, which is dates back to the seventeen eighties yeah. um, and we and we went all around we went to all these various places um I've had people who, uh, I had a guy recently who had a list of secret places and hidden gardens that he wanted to see. Mm -hmm. So we went all around and we saw those, uh, which was fun because it took me to places even I didn't know about. And so we got to explore like little nooks and crannies of San Francisco. I had a guest once, uh, it was a husband and wife who was in town with their 14 year old son. Uh, they wanted to show they wanted to show him all the places they lived in san francisco where he proposed to her um where they lived and then the last place they lived before they moved i can't remember where it is they moved so it was a tour of their life and courtship Uh That is a winning
1: date idea right there. It doesn't yeah. get much more romantic than that. Yeah.
0: So that was fun because yeah, as they, as they drove by, you know, they were like, "Oh, remember when we, you know, remember?" And this was our place where we used. To, yeah, it was it was adorable, and and so that's that's the fun part is 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 being able to you know do whatever people request. So
1: yeah. I'll definitely, I'll, I'll be sure to put the information in the description and if you're in the San Francisco area or if you're visiting San Francisco, we'll encourage people to check it out for sure. Um, and yes. b- before, before we say goodbye, is there, uh, before we, I'm so used to somebody sitting here with me. Um, before I say goodbye, he said goodbye a long time ago. I'm a ship abandoner.
0: <laughs> um,
1: do you have any part in words that you like to leave the audience with?
0: uh no this has been great i love the idea that uh howard the duck is achieving this odd cult status i think it's deserved because it's it's was a very strange experience as people can see i think people can feel the strange vibe it you know in the movie that Mm -hmm. there's clearly something odd going on there um I think people had fun, you know, in spite, you know, in spite of sort of the tensions. I think most people had fun. Most of the people I worked with had fun, Um, but also, you know, and and you know, thanks for asking me to to talk about this. It was great fun. Uh, It was a real pleasure talking to uh, to the two of you. and i had to, this was great thank you for asking me to do this and i look forward to seeing uh, folks here in san francisco you know uh, get on the website call me or whatever you know small car big time tours and other than that um uh thanks this was great yeah
1: no thank you thank you very much for taking the time i mean oh uh, my we, pleasure the, the stories were fantastic about oh, Howard the Duck. i mean that's uh that's why we love talking to so many people from the production because you talk to four or five people and they're all they're, everybody's so modest They're like oh we only i was only in it for this one little part or i only did this like first of all everybody's a star everybody is necessary <laughs> to make the full picture if right. you leave if you leave the color blue out of the picture of the sky you don't have the sky anymore right. you know? like and when you talk to all these people like yourself you get this fuller picture of what happened that I mean, there's stories that we've heard today that the director probably doesn't even know.
0: It's just oh, I'm it's, sure.
1: It's it's just very interesting to us. So thank you for taking the time to share. I'm sorry we both couldn't be here for the duration. I am too. Of the Say MBA. goodbye. I will, and I, I thank you so much, and I hope you have a, a a great rest of your weekend.
0: I have a fabulous weekend and continued success with the podcast. Uh, thank you. Uh, I think it's going to, I think it's going to continue to be big fun. I think that you're, you've hit on something here.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate it.
0: You're welcome. All right. All the best, There. Have a good weekend. You too. Take care.